0: On October 4th, the Human Rights Foundation's community reunited for the 2021 Oslo Freedom Forum at the New World Center in Miami. Guests from all corners of the globe joined together to discuss the year's most pressing human rights issues and to brainstorm new ways to expand freedom worldwide. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators. A series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation Dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. Our theme, Truth Ignited, sought to amplify the voices of those who speak truth to power and to ignite movements that seek justice and democracy and defy authoritarian regimes. The 2021 program featured inspiring talks by global activists, scholars, and journalists, including from Belarus, Burma, Cuba, Iraq, Nigeria, the Uyghur region, and Venezuela. These are their stories, united around a common cause of uncovering truth. This episode was recorded during the 2021 Oslo Freedom Forum, a global gathering of activists and dissidents united in standing up to tyranny. Since 2009, individuals have come from across the world to educate, share, and inspire at the Oslo Freedom Forum. You can watch this programming and more on the Oslo Freedom Forum YouTube or Facebook pages. Hello, good morning.
1: My name is Maria Pepczyk and I am an investigator. For the past 10 years, my job has been to expose crooks and thieves among Russian government officials. And make videos, um, YouTube films for everybody to see where Russian taxpayers' money actually goes. Like um, this one about Vladimir Putin's secret palace on the Black Sea. Um, this is probably the most expensive and luxurious building ever made. It has its private casino, it has a home theater of probably this size, more or less, and also its very own strip club. But this is not why I'm here today. Today, my job is very, very different. Um, I am simply acting as a postwoman, delivering you a letter, a letter from a Russian prison, a letter written by my boss, my friend, and also the bravest person I've ever met, Alexei Navalny. If someone told me 14 months ago that I will be standing on this stage before the most distinguished, prominent, and brilliant human rights defenders in the world, I would never believe it. But 14 months ago, our lives have been turned upside down. We were traveling in Siberia, making a documentary about local corruption. The trip was fun, the weather was good. We were filming interviews, flying drones, the usual, And everything was great, really, until the 20th of August, the day when Putin decided to kill my boss with a chemical weapon, Novichok. Navalny fell into a coma on a plane from Tomsk to Moscow. The plane made an emergency landing in uh, Omsk, where Navalny was rushed into a rundown Soviet-era hospital on the outskirts of the town. And this is where the real nightmare began. As Navalny was dying, the doctors weren't treating him properly. In fact, they wouldn't even admit he was poisoned. They were saying that he drank too much, or ate too little, or was overexposed to the sun, or took drugs. You get the point. The hospital was soon flooded with men in gray suits, and they were just everywhere. They were outside, they were in the cars, They were in the hospital inside in the corridors. They were even in the head physician's office. And they just wouldn't let Navalny go. He's not transportable, they kept saying. You cannot fly him out to a different hospital. He's too weak. You cannot see him. You cannot ask any questions. You cannot do anything, really. Two days later... When it was assumed that the poison is out of the system, Navalny was loaded and into um, by a biohazard labeled capsule and put on a Medevac plane and flown to Germany, where they found traces of Novichok, um, deadly military grade poison and also a um, signature weapon of Russian secret services. Russia still denies everything. I don't know how it's possible, but they deny the findings of the German lab, of the French lab, of the Swedish lab. They deny the OPCW reports. They say the whole world is lying and they are not. So they say it's all fake news. We ourselves investigated the case and together with Bellingcat, we identified the group of FSB operatives who traveled with us to Siberia, the poisoners. Um, They followed us and presumably um, poisoned um, Alexei in his hotel room on one of the days. We then called one of them. Alexei pretended to be someone else. That was a lot of fun. And they spoke uh, for 50 minutes and that FSB officer, a poisoner, he essentially just confessed. He explained in every tiny detail how they were going to murder my boss and how they were covering up their tracks afterwards. How they traveled to Omsk twice just to wash Navalny's underwear to remove traces of poison from them. But apparently none of that matters. Um, Russian government officials and Russian uh, propaganda say all of this never happened. this is all made up. A criminal case was never opened. The preliminary investigation concluded that the poisoning was in fact staged by me, by Navalny's wife, Yulia, and also by Alexei Navalny himself. What a team. When Navalny flew back to Russia in January, he was detained straight away for violating terms of his suspended sentence back from 2014. The suspended sentence got converted into the real one and he was sent into a penal colony for two and a half years, technically. But this is all very old news. They have opened four new criminal cases against Navalny. They would, that would allow to extend his prison time to 23 years in total. So, this is what brings me to the stage, and now let's get to the interesting part and read what Alexei has written for all of you. There is nothing unique about addressing a human rights forum by correspondence, or virtually. This is how things are done now. This is the new normal for a while. And we all hope that one day, as a result of the competent joint efforts of state leaders, we will defeat the pandemic and there will be no more virtual addresses. We'll get to see each other again, shake hands, smile, and do our best to overcome awkwardness during small talk. But when that day comes, many of us still won't be able to attend. COVID restrictions aren't the only reason why me and many others can't be here now. While the world leaders may be good at solving certain global issues, their effectiveness leaves much to be desired when it comes to protecting human rights. I'm afraid that it will soon be considered a miracle if a well-known activist from Russia, Belarus, Cuba or Hong Kong comes to the forum in person instead of sending a piece of paper from a prison cell. Everyone will be surprised and whisper, wow, how unusual what an original person of unprecedented fate decided to stand out instead of going to jail like everybody else. Addressing the participants of the Oslo Freedom Forum, I'm speaking to the leaders of the human rights movement, who, more than anyone else, have the full right to say a massive, I told you so. It is true, you did tell us so, you did warn us, and you were absolutely right, and those who did not listen to you were immeasurably wrong. And I believe that every state leader should repeat these exact words to you. But instead, we hear different words from them. Over the past 30 years, how many tales have we been told about the miracles of authoritarian modernization? How many times have experienced diplomats waving realpolitik banners whispered in our ears, oh, don't pressure this dictator about human rights, you will scare him away. He's ready for economic reforms, and that's more important you have to understand. How many times have investment bankers winked at us from the pages of business newspapers saying, so what if there are some torches here and there? What matters is that the economy is growing by seven percent a year. A whole religion arose, which can be called the Witnesses of the Second Singapore Miracle. Many people from Washington to Frankfurt and London piously believed in it and continue to do so. Rwanda, Kazakhstan, Russia, Belarus, Chile were the prophets of this religion. They repeat it like a mantra. Don't pastor us with human rights issues. Just fill the country with investments and we will surely turn into a second Singapore. But no second Singaporeans have ever appeared. Human rights defenders who still have seats in the executive committees while being silenced more and more often turned out to be absolutely right. There will be no sustainable growth and real development in countries where human rights have not become the foundation of the state. And as long as the observance of human rights in a particular country does not become a practical factor of domestic policy, no less real than the interest rate of the central bank, this country can at best be an example of temporary authoritarian growth, which will soon inevitably turn into problems and losses. The organization that I founded specializes in fighting against corruption. And this evidently is enough to make it extremist in the eyes of my country's authorities. Corruption is the root cause of many troubles and global challenges, from war to poverty, but the disregard for human rights help corruption flourish. In order to steal something from a person, you must first deprive that person of the right to a fair trial, freedom of speech, and fair elections. An official taking a bribe and a policeman pulling a bag over the head of a prisoner tied to a chair are one and the same person. Their law, is superiority of the strong over the weak, the superiority of the interest of a corporation over the right of an individual, the willingness to commit crimes as an act of loyalty. I greet the Forum, and together with you, I want and I demand that its voice is heard. I demand that human rights issues cease to be a formality and the last, most unimportant point in a communique of yet another leader's summit. Human rights and the struggle for them are what politics should be about, not gas pipelines and the always vague security cooperation. The fundamental rule of world politics should be that if an action or an event does not lead to real improvements in human rights, then it is, at best, useless. You have told us so. And you were absolutely right. Thank you.